The Money Show. Shapeshifters. World Economic Forum says Darlene Menzies is a superhero of tech entrepreneurship. She is one of the top six women in entrepreneurship in technology in Africa in 2017. She has built businesses, has exited businesses, has created jobs. She's we just need to replicate her a million times and South Africa's many problems will be largely resolved. Before you left corporate in 2001 and were set free to follow your passions, Darlene Menzies, what were you doing? Why wouldn't we talk to somebody in, who's so big in tech that the tech lets us down, I wonder? Darlene, Earth to Darlene. Earth to like Darlene. Hi, Bruce, how are you? Oh, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. We got rid of the gremlins and they disappeared. You were with us, which is lovely. And uh, Darlene, um, I'll repeat myself. Um, before you left corporate, what were you doing? I would, before I left the corporate, I was in the banking and ICT sector in the corporate world. So I worked for a large bank for about eight years and a big ICT outsourcing company um, for also about seven or eight years. So I was working in corporate. Uh, uh, corporate management, working in RCT projects. I started off actually as a bank teller in, in 1987 and I got involved with uh, cabling uh, sort of allied building society uh, uh, branches across uh, KZN. So I had quite a quite an interesting sort of growth in the RCT sector. But um, so corporate RT was what I was doing before I left. I mean, for so many, I mean, often you'll hear government officials going, you know what people need to do? They need to create businesses because we don't have jobs to go around, so we need to create a business. And as our friend Pavlo Fatidis tells us, on average, the start, age of a, a startup person is about 45 years old um, because um, you need some work experience, and you did that. So you work in, in, in ICT, you work in banking, and you see, I'm sure, chasms of opportunity. Yeah, what actually happened is I, when I left in 2001, I, I kind of had a bit of a early sort of crisis of conscience and thinking, well, maybe I should do something in, in terms of sort of humanitarian work and giving back. So I got involved in the nonprofit sector for about three years. And uh, in working in the nonprofit sector, I realized none of the NGOs had systems. So they were doing this prolific work on the ground, whether it was in HIV or unemployment or, or poverty or whatever it might be. And very often they weren't able to produce uh, reports to their funders to show what they were actually doing and they weren't able to get follow-on funding. So I started uh, working with uh, with friends uh, in the industry to develop systems, bespoke systems for nonprofit organizations to start to, for them to be able to start to really just be able to do, look at their finances, their funding, their reporting. And uh, that, that caught on, uh, we got involved in, in the, the medical school at KZN, um, uh, the medical school at KZN University, and a visiting professor from Harvard saw a system we had developed for some lab work in HIV and asked us if we could uh, come and develop the same thing for them at Harvard University. And it just sort of struck me that if, if they needed to come to Africa to find, um, you know, people building bespoke systems um, for for nonprofits and 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 the whole f- sort of donor funded sector, that it was probably a gap in the market. So after going uh, through to Harvard, uh, to Boston, and and developing the system they needed, came back and started a business in 2004 called the Development House, which was really a play on the word development, software development, but socioeconomic development. So building systems where you could use tech and digital to actually sort of raise the water level for everyone and, and address challenges that were happening at the base of the pyramid and unemployment, small business, et cetera. It's kind of a marriage of passion of heart and my experience in the ITC, uh, ITC sector. 
Uh, it's amazing, isn't it, how opportunity presents itself and how opportunity sort of, for some people, seems to fall into their laps. And I think I've learned over many, many years that that doesn't happen. Um, it does require you to be very, very good at what you do, to be in the right place at the right time. And if you're not fishing in the correct waters, well, opportunities pass you by. But being in the right place at the right time with the right skills, the right offering, and mostly the right attitude at that moment um, is kind of critical. Absolutely. They say success is where um, preparation and opportunity meet. So, uh, you know, you've got to, you've got to be prepared and that, and that not always education. I mean, I think uh, common sense is not that common these days. And if you can just have a bit of plain thinking and, and, uh, you know, I say innovation is seeing a challenge that's affecting many people and really just having the courage to try and address it. And uh, instead of just talking about it and all the things that, that we've done have, have come from that a stone in our own shoe, you know, couldn't do financial record keeping because I didn't understand accounting. Couldn't I use the accounting systems that were out there? So I thought, well, if that's happening to me, let's ask a couple of friends, worked with people in the in the chambers of commerce, realized none of the entrepreneurs I met understood if a debtor owed them or they owed the debtor. They knew who the customer was. So started to to say, well, let's build a system like that, which we did. And we've now just recently white labeled it for a big commercial bank. Now that's a 10-year story with a lot of bumps in the road, but it came from that just really, you know, persevering and, and being courageous and liquidating along the way. And like that famous quote says, success is not final and failure is not fatal, but it's courage um, to continue that count. So, yeah, I just think it's it's about perseverance, tenacity, and, um, you know, just, just risking. I think there's not enough risk-taking, and uh, that's what I really love doing. I'm a bit of a reform gambler, I suppose. <laughs> um, have you ever gambled? I have, actually. I actually enjoy uh you know, I've always enjoyed uh, gambling. I mean, if I ever went into a casino, I wouldn't take uh, a thousand rand and, and sort of divide it into chips and go and sit on a, uh, you know, and, and sit and put five rand in at a time. I'd put a thousand rand on black on the roulette table, either double my money and have fun for the night or lose it and go straight home, you know. So I think business has been a bit like that for me. Go for the big win. And um, because I, I think that, uh, you know, that, that sort of uh, – you need to take calculated risk, but I think too much calculation actually brings you into caution. And if you're going to innovate, you're going to do something that's never been done before. You've got to do it for a large market and uh, it, it takes a lot of risk. So, you know, I've uh, bonded my houses to the health, lost my homes, my cars, uh, as I say, uh, you know, uh, gone through three liquidations and, uh, but then hit the lights out. So you can't hit the lights out if you're not willing to put it all on the table, I think. How do you survive that sort of stuff? Not just, you know, from a legal perspective, and I'm sure you have, you have, you have clever structures in place to make sure that things do ever come too close to you personally, but if, emotionally, um, how, how do you do that, you know, to, to go large, it bombs out, and you go, oh, well, dust yourself off and start all over again. I mean, a lot of people can't get up a second, certainly not a third, and very few a fourth time. No, Bruce, I think it, it depends on each person's own situation. I mean, in, in my in my life, you know, I, I, I haven't been married, which I've found has been a big advantage for me because when <laughs> you know, often when you're married, um, there's big perks to being married. But then you're also, if you're an entrepreneur, you're always aware that you're taking a risk for someone else. And I think that's, you know, that's often harder to do. You know, I always realized the worst that could happen to me, what could the worst be? I mean, really, you could lose your home, you know, go and stay at a friend's, go to your mother's. Um, you know, bad times don't last. The sun always comes up. You know, I've always been that kind of a person. And, and um, 
it's the, you know, it's a bit like playing golf. I'm a golfer. You know, you can have a hundred bad shots and it's that good shot that brings you back. And being able to answer um, a problem that I'd had in my own business and create a, a system that could solve somebody else's problem and then see other people start buying that, you know, that, that is something that is, 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 is an incredible feeling because you realize that it's solving problems. So for me, I think the euphoria that comes from, from risk-taking uh, is probably a little bit of an addiction in some ways. But um, the other big thing, though, for me is perspective. Uh, in the early days when I, when I left the corporate and uh, when, when I went through my first start, tried business and I liquidated, I was working in a homeless project on the streets of the city of Durban. And, um, you know, we would meet with a whole bunch of homeless guys on a Tuesday night and we'd have a meal and, and a bit of an encouragement time. And then, uh, you know, I had a bucky in those days and I'd be dropping them off at different street corners for, their, for where they were going to go sleep. Then I would go home and although all my furniture had been repossessed and, and I was in a difficult way, you know, I still had a, a flat to go to. And I mean, that's perspective, you know, and I think yeah. when you get perspective and, and, and you start to realize, I mean, when I have money, I mean, it's great having money and I, and I, you know, I love the good times, but I realize in the bad times, I mean, you know, how bad can it actually, you know, I think sometimes people just have to really look at that um, uh, and, and, and have to understand for themselves what is it that, that actually makes them get up the next morning and get excited. For me, it's about trying again. And maybe we're just not all wired that way. But, you know, I just thank God that I am. And um, uh, you know, I, I really do enjoy the trip of it. And the problem with risk taking is that, you know, as soon as you make money, you just take a bigger risk the next time. So it's, it's just the zeros get added on. So, the, you know, you're always sort of sitting in that same situation of waiting for the big hit. But recently we just during COVID, actually, which is miraculous. we landed I want, a, to, um, I want, I want to pick up on this one in a moment, Darlene. Okay. I'm loving right. your stories, <laughs> your enthusiasm, your courage, your tenacity, slightly, you know, Scary, but Darlene Menzies, founder and chief innovation officer. She's astonishing, is Darlene Menzies. She has built and she has created businesses. She's liquidated business along the way, had her furniture repossessed, and she started all over again. We're going to talk about FinFund uh, in a moment with Darlene Menzies. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. So often I talk to entrepreneurs and they just have this abject fear of failure. And they say that in South Africa, if you fail, you are scorned. You are cast onto a rubbish heap. Um, Donnie Menzies, I mean, I, failure is such an ugly word, but you have failed. You've tried. You've failed. You've been, you've been liquidated. You've lost your furniture. So that is, in the short term at least, you know, elements of failure. How have you managed to keep the very strong reputation that you do have, especially with people who you're asking to lend you money? You know, I think if we look outside of South Africa and most other countries uh, that have a really strong um, entrepreneurship culture, failures actually can be a badge of honor. You know, if I'm going to be risking my money, my own personal money, if I'm doing an, an angel investment, one of the key questions I ask the entrepreneurs, have you ever failed? And if they say no, the, the, the chances of me um, actually investing uh, reduce quite greatly because the reality is that failure is part of the recipe to success. You're never going to succeed the first time. You know, you look at Walt Disney, you look at, um, you, know, you look at anyone that's done anything fantastic. You look at the stories of, you know, uh, Colonel Sanders and how many people he had to go to. He went to over a thousand places with his recipe. And, you know, you, you read those stories. The reality is that uh, failure is just part of improving um, the product that, that, you know, and, and the process, you know, part of, 
having a business is learning how to actually uh, how to do business. And that doesn't come naturally. I mean, although I'd had 15 years corporate experience, I might have worked with big budgets in banks and, and RCT outsourcing companies. But running your own business is a completely different um, you know, uh, thing to do. So I think that people should not be uh, embarrassed about failure. And I think that we should start to honor um, uh if you fail, it means you're trying. I mean, imagine if um, Usain Bolt, when he was three years old, when he, when he started walking, got up, fell, and his parents, well, this guy's useless. <laughs> well, he didn't. He got up, fell, got up, walked, got up, ran, and then he was a world champion. So, Absolutely. you know, that's how I view failure. I, I think that uh, we would have a better, um, uh, you know, a better sense of self and, and, and entrepreneurship spirit in this country if we actually promoted the you – know, you, you need to be transparent about failure because it's actually something of maturing into the, into it's, it's the kind of the baking, what is it called? The, you know, the, the, the yeast in, in the bread. It's something that causes that to actually succeed. So I think we all just got a different view on failure, really. Talk to me about lockdown. Talk to me about what you did in COVID because it's dislocated so many businesses. It's ruined so many lives. It's ruined so many careers and opportunities. How have you thrived during lockdown? Yeah, lockdown was a very interesting time, um, obviously, for all of us. For me, um, I had quite a tragic event just before lockdown. Um, I lost my mother, and um, she was a big force in my life. I actually lived with her, and she was very ill in the last four years of her life and, you know, was very involved with nursing her, et cetera. So, you know, that was quite a profound loss for me. I, I actually had moved back into my family home uh, 10 years previous to that. And so, you know, I was living in this big home, and... Um, and then lockdown, and I had been doing a lot of travel. I think the times we often saw each other was at the airport. And, um, yeah. you know, I probably traveled, you know, traveled three times a week. So all of a sudden, you know, my travel schedule stopped. And I found that was incredible because I started to have a different type of time. You know, in the middle of the day, I could go out into the garden with my dogs or, you know, um, you know have lunch with, with family. And I started to have the conversations in those times that I was normally rushing home late at night to try and quickly, you know, make lists and do things and time started to become very different for me and then um we had this uh, we had an incredible deal that was signed with our one business SMEZ, a big deal with a commercial bank right in the middle of covid and then we had a, a big deal that was signed for with the silicon valley based organizer investment company into our other business fin fund so i found ourselves in the in in this tragic time of covid when we could see businesses crashing around us because we were online and in fintech uh, we were in this very fortunate position of having all of our teams being able to work from home. And um, an amazing thing happened, which, I, you know, Bruce, you may not be aware of, but after signing those two deals, my business partners actually approached me and said, look, you've been pushing elephants up hills for like 15 years. You know, you've lost your mother. You haven't had really, you know, time to to to, to deal with these things. And, um, you know, you, 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 you've been running on empty for a long time why don't you take some time off? Um, because, you know, we've got a lot of forward cover opportunity now. So I'm just back now in January after four months extended leave. I played a lot of golf. I went uh, I went to um, the Kruger Park. I went to the Berg. I spent a lot of time with family and, um, you know, obviously observing all the necessary, co- you know, uh, social distancing, sure. et cetera. Spent a, I, moved, I sold my folks' home and bought, uh, well, I didn't buy, I'm renting a, a lovely place on a golf estate. So, you know, life has really pivoted hugely in so many ways. My time has changed, how I spend it has changed. And um, I'm loving the work I do. I've actually even come back in a new portfolio at work. I was a CEO of both companies. And, um, you know, I'm really good at, at starting businesses and breaking open new doors. and new. But if I build a business for too long, I break it. I'm not a builder. I'm an innovator. 
And so we've brought in some some big hitters to come and build the businesses. And I'm now in the one business FinFind. I'm the chief innovation officer. So focusing only on innovation. But you're just having fun, aren't you? I'm having fun. I'm doing what I love. And you know what I say? When you do what you love, it's positive stress. Your immune system's strong. My doctor says I've got the immune system of a desert camel. You know, it's uh, life is good. <laughs> Darlene, it's lovely to talk to you. Congratulations. I'm delighted that you're flourishing. Um, taking time out as well um, is, you know, if you can afford to do so and if you've got the backup to do so and you've got the room to do so is a wonderful privilege too. And you've bounced back with characteristic energy. Darlene Menzies is an entrepreneur of note. Get the results your business wants with a winning employee benefits formula from Momentum Corporate. Working in partnership with you, they will apply their deep insights into the science of employee benefits and formulate your evidence-based solution. The result will be employees who feel appreciated, protected and invested in the success of your business. Momentum Corporate, success is a science.